0: RadioInfluence.com. This show was recorded prior to the most recent tragic series of school shootings. Parents of the World Unite! How to Save Our Schools from the Left's Radical Agenda is the topic we'll delve into with parents activist, author and attorney Ian Pryor, on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at radioinfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. As stated in the introduction, parents of the world unite. How to save our school kids from the left's radical agenda Not only is an appropriate rallying cry, it's the title of Ian's book. Are you ready to dig down deep into the problem and hear some solutions to the dire straits situation our school children are in? Well, let's get into it. He's one of the most recognizable voices in the much needed and long overdue parents revolution that has swept the country providing us a playbook that reveals winning strategies for successfully fighting a radical woke agenda in your kids' schools. A graduate of the Boston University School of Law, he started out as a New England attorney in 2002, then transitioned into politics in 2011, working on various Republican campaigns before serving as a top spokesman at the Department of Justice. Experiencing firsthand what was going on in Virginia's Loudoun County school system, having two elementary school daughters there, he formed the group Fight for Schools in 2021. And his riveting book tracks a school fight in Loudoun County that impacted the Virginia elections in 2021 and started a national movement. People are paying attention as he's been a guest on a multitude of political talk shows such as Fox and Friends, America Reports, Jesse Waters' Prime Time, the now defunct Tucker Carlson Tonight, and he recently manned the center seat on Outnumbered. I welcome to the show Mr. Ian Pryor. Ian, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Gary. Gary. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here, very glad that you're here, and let's just jump right into it. The premise of your book, Parents of the World Unite, is to rally parents to band together who believe that American families should be able to raise their children without government interference in their moral, religious, and ethical choices. That's not a novel idea. That's how I was raised in the 50s and early 60s. That's what the majority of Americans believed. So, what the heck happened? Where we now find ourselves with morality flushed down the toilet? our schools and ethical choices literally being taken out of the hands of the very parents who are sending their kids to what now has become Marxist indoctrination centers Ugh.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I mean, it's it's been a long time um, coming. Uh, you know, I think you have to look back to, the 70s when when they started the Federal Department of Education. And and, you know, once you centralize power like that, um, and you tie financial strings for local school districts, to you know, Department of Education rules, regulations, et cetera, um, you're really incentivizing you know unions and and woke leftism to really infiltrate um, that center of power and then pass it on down to the localities. And you know, as we've seen, the the greater and greater shift of some some people that you know formerly maybe they were on the left and now they've gone way to the left. That's really come in through the Department of Education and through you know these consultants that are getting these big money contracts at you know your public schools for, you know, $600 an hour to really implement these equity programs. And, you know, we didn't really see it coming. Right. I mean, it was a gradual shift uh, and parents didn't know what was going on. They, you know, they send their kids to school. They assume everything is going great. Um, But then all of a sudden the pandemic hits and now classrooms are, are wide open for parents to see what is going on. They're sitting there at home working from home on their laptop. Their kid is on their Chromebook. And all of a sudden, I think people realize, whoa, whoa wait a minute. This is not anything like school when I remember. Um, this is not focused on academics and math. This is talking about, you know, ideas that that quite frankly, we don't agree with and aren't the proper function of, of a government entity like public schools, um, that are, that are implementing these things. I mean, we pay our taxes for ultimately what, you know, what we desire in an education. And that is to focus on academics, not social issues, not cultural issues, not issues that conflict with what, you know, families and how families are trying to raise their children.
0: I hear you. Now is it fair to say you pop the proverbial cork when you learn that the public schools in, in your Loudoun County, Loudoun County were spending nearly 11 million to make the bathrooms co-ed to keep a transgender students from feeling left out. And they, When they did that they're already aware that two years previously a ninth grade girl was raped in a bathroom by a boy wearing a skirt. And then I guess their reply was, hey, we'll make the stalls from the floor to the ceiling so no one can see who's in there, which, of course, once you leave the stall, you have to get to the door on your own. So uh, what, what the heck was going on in Loudoun County? Loudoun County. Oh, my God Well,
1: I'll tell you, I think what they're trying to do is this. You know, under Title IX, and we've seen some recent legal rulings, um, Title IX, sex means biological sex. And there's now a split in the circuits, right? So the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals has said that sex means biological sex. You're permitted to have bathroom policies that requires you know, people to use the bathroom their biological sex. Whereas in the 4th Circuit and the 7th Circuit they've come out the opposite way. Now that means the Supreme Court may very well take this up soon. And I would think that the Supreme Court would, would probably find that in 1972, when Congress passed Title IX. Sex meant biological sex. So what does that mean? Well, there's nothing that says they can't have bathrooms that are completely unisex. It's it's crazy, but but that's where we are. So I think you know maybe they're trying to get ahead of it. But you know, one, it's absurd. um, It's dangerous. uh, It violates privacy. But it's also, I mean, you know, for people who've been in men's rooms as a, as a woman, I'm not sure that they want that experience. I mean, they're disgusting. Men's rooms are disgusting and men are not clean. And it would be, I would, I would not think it'd be the greatest experience to have teenage boys going in there um, at the same place as, as girls are. I mean, it's just, it's unsanitary. It's, it's the privacy issues, the safety issues, and especially from a school district that has already had its fair share of bathroom problems.
0: Hey, speaking of men's bathrooms being unclean let me tell you a true story uh, after my freshman year in college I took a job back in uh, in New Jersey I'm from New Jersey and I was working uh, on a crew that cleaned up an all-state I think it was an all-state insurance building it had several floors and my job was to clean the women's bathrooms. And uh, I'd never been in a woman's bathroom before, and they have that sanitary napkin box, and there's a sign in every woman's bathroom: "Do not throw the sanitary napkins in the toilet." And I'll never forget the second day on the job, I opened one of the, pull up a toilet seat, and there's looking at me, surprise, right, right in the, uh, you know. So you talk about men's. Uh, uh, rooms being uh, a little bit unsanitary. I think it goes both ways, but it, it's it's incredible we've gotten to this point. It, it's really hard to believe we've gotten to this point. Did having uh, elementary school age girls do this? Like, would you have gotten involved otherwise? Would you have even known?
1: Yeah, you know, look, having kids in the school system is obviously something where you're going to be paying extra close attention to, to what they're teaching. And, you know, I first became aware of it when I read a, a article in the Washington Free Beacon talking about them using Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, they teaching tolerance materials uh, in school. And so I, I looked into it and I found out that, that the school had done an equity audit uh, at the cost of $500,000 in 2019 alone. Um, and this was the, the basis for their, their entire plan to end systemic racism and to implement equity in LCPS. And I later learned that they continue to pay them from 2020 and 2021 at a cost of over $625 an hour. So that's really sort of what got me started down on this path. And, you know, I was really just following the money. And, um, and you know, since then, I don't think they've done anything to, to disprove the theory that they're putting woke politics over education.
0: Yeah, this this is just I would think parents should be just terrified about this now in the battle in in uh, Lauden county school system eventually which was watched by many nationally uh, give us an idea of how the parents got involved in ways parents generally haven't through the decades which is why we're confronted with the situation in the first place i was watching videos and watching on tv where parents were banding together and doing things that maybe if they had done 30 years ago we wouldn't be down this rabbit hole
1: Yeah, well, you know, there had been parents that have been pushing back on school closings and academic issues. But, you know, the real inflection point came in March of 2021 when you had a private Facebook group called the Anti-Racist Parents of Loudoun County. And in that group, you had six school board members. You had our local Soros-backed prosecutor. And you had dozens of teachers and administrators in a group of, you know, over seven, 800 people. And what they did was they put a call to action for people that were protesting issues related to the schools. Uh, you know, we're going to infiltrate their, their groups. We're going to publicly expose them. We're going to hack their websites and redirect them to pro-critical race theory websites. And they proceeded to list dozens of parents that were speaking at school board meetings. And that really, I think, fired everybody up so that, you know, everyone may have had their issues before, but it really unified people, people that wanted to open schools, people that were uh, concerned with performance, people that were concerned with the curriculum. Um, And what we did was, you know, we had a mission where, you know, according to state law, we had a provision where we could remove school board members through a lengthy process and difficult process uh, through the courts, uh, but it required us gathering thousands of signatures. And so that really unified us into a, a cohesive group um, that utilized a lot of different tactics from from rallies to speaking at school board meetings um, to, to ultimately gathering all these signatures to get into court.
0: Yes, Uh, it had to start somewhere. Now, your book talks about 12 inspiring battle-tested rules and revealing stories about sparring with self-righteous woke neighbors. Uh, Some of the chapters, to give them a general idea of what you're talking about, the chapters include Every Neighborhood is a Battlefield, Always Flip the Script, Identifying the Good Guys and Take It to Them. Uh, Excuse me, the bad guys and take it to them. You've got to believe don't left them off the ropes and play the end game. So do you want to unpack one or two of those for the people so they can generally understand what they'll find in this book?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, flip the script. I think we just went through, you know, that the fact that they had a, a private Facebook group where they wanted to infiltrate and, and publicly expose parents who, you know, were already publicly speaking. So I'm not really sure what their goal was to expose. Um, but, you know, they were the ones that that ultimately got infiltrated and they were the ones that were publicly exposed for wanting to cancel the people that, that they were politically opposed to. And that made huge, you know, national news, local news. Um, and you know, we flipped the script. It's, if you're going to go out there and try and, you know, do these kind of things, well, you know what, we're going to make sure that everybody knows exactly what you're doing because speaking at a school board meeting, that's your first amendment, right? Gathering to cancel people because they're speaking their ideas or their beliefs or their opinions. That's totalitarianism right there.
0: Yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. Uh, and I heard you say something on Jesse Waters' prime time. He asked you a question and you began your answer with a very interesting statement that parents are stupid.
1: Uh, tell me about that one. Well, yeah, because I think that what you're seeing in, in the political environment right now, whether it's, you know, the attorney general, whether it's uh, members of Congress, they think parents are stupid. They think that you're not paying attention and you're going to be gaslit with their congressional speeches and their claims that, oh, you just want to burn books. You know, what I was referring to in that one was um, Hakeem Jeffries had gone up uh, to the House floor and said, well, you know, parents are trying to they're they're banning books and they don't want their kids to learn about the Holocaust. I'm like, all right, well, let me just go check out my book library catalog here in Loudon County Public Schools and and see what's in there. And you know, I found three books that had it, you know one had 21 copies One had 31 copies. One had close to 40 copies, all about kids being transgender, right? And then I plugged in the rise and fall of the Third Reich, which you'd think if you want to learn about the Holocaust, how the Holocaust happened, you know, the horrors that were the result of the rise of the Third Reich, that would be the book that you want to read. You know how many copies were in the library of that book? Zero, you know how many copies of the book were of Roots were in the book just th- in the library? Just three. So all this talk about, oh, they, you don't want to learn about the Holocaust or you don't want to learn about racism. No, no. They're more focused on things like transgender um, ideology or not teaching history, but teaching, you know, theories like critical race theory. And no, they don't teach it as a course, but it's, it is imbued in everything they do, where you're either an oppressor or you're the oppressed, you're privileged or you're not privileged. And that's how they operate their school systems.
0: Yeah, and you're you're dead right about that. And the scary, shocking thing that just completely amazes me of anybody that would buy into critical race theory is that to make it work, and they try and tell you, as you said, it's a theory, but they try and make it like it's a theory like it's fact, is that it's a from birth type thing. Like if you're born black, you're born a victim. If you're born white, you're born evil. It's, it's absolutely incredible that they can actually try and pull that over and have gotten it this far. And, and it, it's, it, it should have no place in the schools, but this is what we're fighting against, you know. One of the promos uh, to your book states, quote, we'll be shocked and amused by the outrageous stories in Ian's suburban county that unexpectedly became ground zero for the parents' rights movement. So, Ian, Ian, shock us.
1: Give us a shock. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't want to get too much I want people to read the book, but I think that, you know, it really goes back to the, the, the folks that we call Chardonnay Antifa out here. And you know, they're the very people behind this this Facebook group and you know, they're still at it to this day. And and what they do is they cannot debate the ideas, right? They, they attack the messenger because they know they can't attack the message. But what they did in 2021 was they galvanized parents, the very parents that they were trying to silence. They actually gave the biggest platform to that year. And as a result of Right? as a result of people being upset because, oh, you hung a thin blue line flag, or, oh, you're, you're you know, you're pushing back on critical race theory. What did they get? They got the worst case scenario. They got Governor Glenn Youngkin, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, and Attorney General Jason Meares. And once in office, Glenn Youngkin authorized Jason Meares to investigate Loudoun County Public Schools. And then what happened? The superintendent got indicted for covering up a sexual assault to pass a political policy. So because of their, their tactics, because of their their boneheaded moves and their unwillingness to just have a debate on issues as opposed to going after people personally they actually reaped what they sowed here in Virginia
0: yeah, I hear you. And by, by the way, one thing I do appreciate, I really appreciate your book is not so serious that people will be heading to their medicine cabinets looking for razor blades after reading it. You have included real world lessons and funny antidotes readers can connect with. Was that on purpose or did it just happen that way? Or did you say, well, this is too serious. I got to I got to lighten it up a little bit.
1: No, I definitely, I mean, it was always going to be humorous. Uh, You know, I I was trying, you know, I said that from the really very beginning of of this fight when I was on uh, Tucker Carlson. I said, look, you've got to you've got to use some mockery. I mean, mocking the the radical left, it, it's like they're kryptonite because they're so self-righteous. They have no self of, sense of humor. They take themselves so seriously, and they really don't know how to push back against you know sort of snark and levity. Um, but as far as the rules went, you know, I think that. We were very strategic in what we did. We were very tactical in what we did. um, And we wanted to make sure that, you know, we took advantage of of what we had, which was, you know, a small, nimble group of parents, as opposed to a massive, cumbersome $1.6 billion bureaucracy with a bunch of committees that really can't decide anything. I mean, the, the school system itself continued to make mistake after mistake after mistake. And every time they did that, we were ready to outflank them and expose them.
0: Yeah. Now, we're talking right now about one county in Virginia, but please let them know this is not a a Loudoun County problem. This is a national problem, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely a national problem. And I think that, you know, we may have been kind of at the forefront of that um, based on the fact that Virginia in 2021 had all eyes on it because of the governor's race. Um, but it also really exposed that this is going on everywhere. I mean, it doesn't matter if you live in a red state or a blue state. This is happening everywhere from, you know, books in the library telling kids that, you know, the doctors have to guess at, the, at their sex um, to, you know, to transgender bathroom policies, to policies where, you know, the parent won't be told if if Johnny is claiming to be Susie at school and then going home and being Johnny again. This is not something that is germane to Virginia. In fact, in a lot of Places is, is far worse, you know, just in, in the last couple of weeks, they passed a bill in, in Washington state that said parents can be, they can lose their children um, if they don't affirm their, you know, them wanting to identify as a different sex. So this is really, this is happening everywhere. And, and schools are complicit in these, these radical ideologies. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, you, you, you've got that one, right. And you've got a lot of, all this is right. And here's, let's get down to the uh, cut to the chase here. Like, People who have listened to this podcast, which is almost uh, in its second year, the, the focus has always been to expose and confront the progressive movement's agendas and their intended obsession with turning us into a communist nation. And I've always said far too many people either don't believe it's happening to that large of an extent or it's happening but will fail. You get it. And convincingly have made the case. Listen carefully, everyone, because this is the bottom line. This is the end game. The left envisions public education system in America. They envision a system where children are no longer the responsibility of their parents, but mather, rather merely wards of the state. That not that their end game to make Children, wards of the state, and you just kind of alluded to it, where they can take you away from your parents if you aren't buying in.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I don't know if it was Marx or Lenin or it might have been both. All of them. You know, that that's sort of been the goal of of leftism really since since the beginning of the, you know, the communist manifesto. Uh, And that's what we're seeing happening right now. And, you know, social media. And the social media age has its positives and its negatives, right? And and the negative is that it can be used to to influence kids in this way, but the positives... Is that you know you can't no you can no longer do this under a shadow anymore. People are onto it. Um, teachers are, are serving as as sources at schools. Other kids are are letting parents know what's going on, and and the media is starting to cover it. And we're going on you know well over two years of this fight. You know not just here in Virginia but nationally. And the more and more people that we're able to you know bring to the cause and shine a light on this, I think the more success we're going to have. And look, I wouldn't be surprised if going into next year presidential election this is one of the top three issues
0: do you do you really believe people are catching on nationally
1: or is it just
0: Republicans and conservatives Christians uh, you know um, are people really getting this
1: uh, I think they do I think the the problem is that you know for people that may not be conservative or may not be Republican they're afraid of what happens if they speak out against it especially people that you know that are Democrats. I think those are those are the people that are the most scared to step up because the minute they step up, they lose their entire friend's support structure. Whereas if you're a Republican or you're a conservative and you go speak at a school board meeting, you're going to get pats on the back and people are going to be like, great job, fantastic. But if you're a moderate Democrat and you see this stuff going on in your schools and you have a problem with it, you know, guess what? All your friends that are hanging the, you know, the cotton candy trans flags, they're not going to be your friends anymore. And so I think there's that disincentive for, you know, regular people to get involved, but you know, at some point they're gonna that you gotta put kids over politics.
0: I understand what you're saying, and that it, it's getting so bad. And parents have to understand that that they're they're actually telling children, don't tell your parents. You don't need their you don't need their approval to do certain things. This is, this is un-American. It's like, uh, I I can't believe it's actually gone that far that they're saying you can make decisions about what sex you want to be or what you want to do with your your body and you don't
1: need to tell your parents. How are they pulling that off? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. If you're able at, you know, 13, 14 years old to, to consent to these kind of things, what aren't you able to consent to? I mean, it, you know, we're talking about life-altering decisions made before you have, you know, the, the wisdom to, to make those life-altering decisions. You know, we, we we decide the age of consent for a reason in this country, uh, and the fact that, you know, parents are, or some parents and some of these organizations and these leftist movements think, no, you know, kids— kids as, as young as 11 or 12 or 13, they can make these kind of decisions. And then when they're 26, you know, where are the doctors then? Where's where's the school counselor that, when they're trying to put it all back together for a bad decision they made when they were 13, where are those people? They're nowhere to be found.
0: And it would be one thing if they were making, like yeah, people of all generations make decisions that you wish you hadn't made, but like completely tattooing your body, this decision, as as far as transgender, is basically irreversible. You're making a decision or making a choice, maybe between the age of 11 and 14 years old, that you don't realize when you're 30. You get, gee, I wish I had my some of my stuff back, and it's gone. It could be gone. You know, it, 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 this is so sad. Well, my final question, Ian, is solution time. Uh, please give people some encouragement how we can win this battle and stop the divisive and dangerous concepts that are, you know, these left-wing ideologies that are spreading from school to school. Please let them know the battle is not lost. We can still win this battle.
1: Yeah, the battle is not lost. and It needs to be fought on many fronts. I mean, it needs to be fought legislatively. You're, you're seeing it across the country, um, various states passing bans on, on you know, operating on children for sex change surgeries you're seeing states pass school choice it needs to be fought in the courts uh, so that that these official public bodies are adhering to the constitution and if it needs to be fought all- the tops of the Supreme Court, so be it. The left has been doing it for years. It needs to keep being fought on the ground with parents continuing to put pressure on their their local officials through protests, through exercising their their First Amendment rights to petition the government, and through elections. And then, finally, I think there needs to be corporate pressure. I mean, look at what happened with Bud Light. You know, just just two weeks ago or or last week. I mean, it had a massive impact. And I can tell you, you know, all those beer companies, they're not going to pull what Bud Light did. You know, they're going to realize, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. We can't make that mistake. So it needs to be done at all levels and it needs to continue. And it's not something that's going to be solved in three years. It's going to take decades. Um, But we've just started this fight and and we got to see it through. And you know,
0: the last thing you said is so important. People have to understand, you know, they, 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 they say that Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, people have to understand the left, even going back, even before the Frankfurt School, the left has been working this communist manifesto thing for a hundred years in America. They've been moving that football a yard a year, proverbially. It We didn't lose this country in 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 two days and we can't get it back in two days you just nailed it it has to be we start now and we just just move forward and however long it takes it takes when you look at the left and their activism they were doing in the 60s the 70s the 80s they took what they could get and they kept going going and going and we've got to understand we can't win these battles overnight we gave this away over the course of 75 years we're not going to get it back
1: overnight right. Yeah, yeah, you, know, uh, you know, I look at it like like building a um building a a franchise right a sports franchise that's going to stand the test of time like look you can go out there and and you can win a super bowl or two but if you really want to build a franchise that will stand the test of time you need to keep repopulating that franchise with with younger players right as as people get older and that's what's going to happen here it can't just be the people that showed up in 21 22 23 they're going to carry that through to the end look you got to look at the new parents that are coming into the school system wondering what's going on getting them involved so it's important to stay in the present, but also look to the future to make sure that, you know, others that are starting to enter the school system understand and that they step up to the plate as well.
0: Yeah, you nail that like I see I see that smirk on my producer's face because what you just said he knows my Jets just just traded for Aaron Rodgers so so much for the let's keep building you know they're just they're just hey we're tired we failed too long it's, you know I was a high school senior when they won the Super Bowl in 69 they're like hey, we gotta get Aaron and just go for it so that that's I'm just trying to throw in a little bit of humor here Um uh, <laughs> Uh, please tell, thank you for coming on, Ian. Please tell people where they can get the
1: book, how they can reach you, and anything else you'd like to promote. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can get the book on Amazon. It's probably the easiest place, but it's at any retailers where, where books are sold. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ian D. Pryor. And, look, if you're seeing any issues with your schools, especially with some of the issues that we're talking about, you can reach out to America First Legal, um, which is aflegal.org, and, and we'll certainly take a look at it.
0: Right. And once again, please give him the name of your book. The full name.
1: Parents of the World Unite, How to Save Our Schools from the Left's Radical Woke Agenda. How did you come up with the name? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I think it was kind of a back and forth between uh, between us and the, myself and the publisher.
0: Oh okay well it works but you got everything in there you know so I really appreciate you coming on and shedding some light and I'm glad that uh, you've been given a national live uh, because I've seen you on Fox and on Newsmax and uh, Moms for Liberty and it's, it's good that you've been uh, a CPAC the CPAC uh, thing with Mercedes slap it's good that you're getting that platform because parents need to understand because the children these kids of today are going to be the leaders of tomorrow and we don't want good little Marxists, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we got to keep up the fight.
0: Right. Well, Ian, thank you for very much for coming on, and you keep up the fight, and don't let them grind you down. Once again, everybody, Mr. Ian Pryor. I want to thank Ian Pryor for providing us a much-needed blueprint to take on self-righteous, woke neighbors and all other factions seeking to infest, infect, and indoctrinate our school children for the purpose of eventually making them wards of the state. We've got to put an end to this while we still have time to do so. This podcast is available for download at radioinfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review and be sure to tell your friends about the show. If you're listening for the first time, we'll encourage you to check out the podcast archive located on the page. There you can hear previous guests, including Mike Lindell, Kira Davis, Monica Crowley, Tracy Beans, Ben Carson, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, Vince Everett Ellison, Tom Holman, Wayne Allen Root, Tom Del Beccaro, Diamond and Silk, Kevin Sorbo, Naomi Wolf. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America.